Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome in, Ute fans. This is the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's always powered by kslsports.com. I'm your host and Ute's insider, Trevor Allen, as we are here every single week. And now we're going to start kicking it up to two podcasts a week now that the season's about to get underway as we sit just under two weeks away until the opener between the Utes and the Arizona Wildcats at Rice-Eccle Stadium on Saturday, November 7th. I'm guessing by Monday we will know the kickoff time and the TV broadcast information for the opener. We already know a couple of the Friday games, but as far as the opener against Arizona, I'm guessing it's not going to be in that six-day window. Um, it's between 12 and uh, six-day window, and 12 days to the opener will be on Monday as we're taping this podcast on Sunday evening. And Utah wrapped up their second and final scrimmage of fall camp. So you guys will hear from head coach Kyle Whittingham after that that scrimmage on Saturday as they start to try and tighten up the uh, competition for all the positions that are up for grabs right now. We won't know anything about the quarterback for probably about another week and a half or so, but there is some good things out of there. If you guys go over to kslsports.com, you guys will find my piece on the five takeaways from the uh, scrimmage availability. You guys can look at that right there. And then also coming up, I will do my depth chart predictions um, as we are about a week away from getting a, a actual depth chart heading into game week. And, of course, we're going to know that it, it as far as the quarterbacks, it's going to say or next to it. But for a lot of these other positions, I think that they'll be willing to tell us who's starting at each position. And so I'll give you my reasons why and all of that coming up. But first, let's get to some Utah football news. There's only a couple of things to talk about. First one is that uh, Temp View edge rusher, Logan Fano. He is a three-star prospect in the 2021 class. He has narrowed his decision down to four schools, Utah, BYU, Oklahoma, and Washington. And so Utah is still in the running for that. I think Utah is the front runner for Fano, but who knows at this point especially because a lot of the recruits haven't been able to take trips to schools and make official visits, and they won't be able to until at least January because of COVID-19. And then if you guys tuned in to Sunday Night Football as the Arizona Cardinals hosted the Seattle Seahawks, you would notice a number eight patch on the Arizona Cardinals jersey. Well, that was to pay tribute 
to former Cardinal legend and also University of Utah legend Larry Wilson, who passed away in September. So the uh, Cardinals were, were paying tribute by wearing the number eight jersey or the, the uh, number eight patch on their jerseys. So that's a pretty cool tribute by the Cardinals. All right, we're going to go ahead and dive into the scrimmage interview with head coach Kyle Whittingham as he met with the media on Saturday afternoon following Utah's second and final scrimmage of fall camp. Okay, uh, really good scrimmage today. Uh, big improvement from uh, last week, which needed to happen. Still not ready to play yet. Still got a, a lot of cleanup to do um, on both sides of the ball. But uh, we, had, we made a, a ton of progress. And uh, <clears throat> just like last week and, and, uh, and throughout the week, offense uh, had the better day. But the defense is still trying to get up to speed with all those new players. But uh, offense looked very good. Uh, wasn't perfect, never is. Uh, special teams work was, was good as well. Um, that's the last extensive live work before we line up and play two weeks from today. We'll have a few live sessions uh, here and there next week. And then that will definitely be it. And uh, the next week, obviously, will be game day or game week prep, and, and away we go. So uh, feel good about where we are. We think we got some things solved today. Won't know for sure until we uh, review the tape. That's always how it is. You're never as good or as bad as you think you are until you, until you see the film and, and uh, look at what you did. But uh, pleased, with, pleased with the work. It was a full day's work. We were out there for over 100 snaps. And... Uh, that most most guys work uh, on the squad. There's a few guys that didn't get reps, but but it was a good work day overall, and uh, we're positioned pretty good for uh, leading into the next two weeks. But but like I said, we've got to take another big jump uh, this week, and then uh, ready get ready for that game on Saturday the seventh. So questions. <clears throat> Kyle, just wanted to get your thoughts on the quarterback battle. I know that you're not going to name a starter, but uh, do you feel like that they've created a separation after this scrimmage without having watched the film? Uh, at first blush, we got to we got to uh, obviously dissect the film, but uh, we had good play from the quarterbacks, very big play, bordering on outstanding, and uh, we'll take a good hard look at this tape and. Hopefully, have a decision on Monday. If we need a few more days, we have that luxury. But uh, as I said a couple days ago, Wednesday or Thursday would be absolutely the, the time that we have to come to a conclusion. But if we can get it done on Monday, then uh, that's great. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Without having seen the tape yet, um, are there any positions at this point that you're still kind of cloudy about? You really don't have enough clarity just yet? Yeah, I would say uh, linebacker, other than Devin Lloyd. Although he didn't take any reps today for, for obvious reasons. You got, you got guys that are game ready and, and proven commodities. And then uh, you want to be careful with how you handle them in the uh, <clears throat> fall camps scenario, which is what we're in still right now, I guess, technically. But uh, the secondary also has got nothing completely solidified. We've got, we've got to hone down and we've got uh, things uh, more focused than we had them prior and, and there's fewer guys that are in the mix but not quite exactly sure how that's going to unfold we still need work there uh, offensive line is starting to come together and, and I think we're, we're straight there and squared away on who those guys are going to be uh, running backs 
there's four guys that are doing a great job. The same four guys I listed last week, Wilmore, Brumfield, uh, Makai Bernard, and uh, our freshman, Ty Jordan, who did some really good things today. He's a very dynamic, explosive player. Uh, receiving core is pretty set. We got those guys uh, ironed out, as do we do with the tight ends. Now the tight ends, there's an asterisk there because if, if Dalton Kincaid becomes eligible, then he is definitely going to be in the mix. And if he is not eligible, then we'll proceed without him and, and go with, uh, with the other guys that we got, obviously. Um, the kicker is still not settled. Punter is settled. You know, ben, ben Lennon's going to be our guy. But uh, <clears throat> place kicking is still a battle. And that battle, as I said earlier in the week, uh, or sometime last week, could go all the way up to the day before the game or the day of the game. We'll see what happens. But, but they're both doing a nice job. It's just nobody is separated. And uh, I'm trying to think what else. Defensive line is pretty solidified. Uh, that would be it. I think that's the whole, that's the whole uh, 22 guys. Uh, just a quick follow-up with um, with Dalton Kincaid's eligibility kind of up in the air. Has he been getting a full workload during practice? He has. And for other reasons, some of the tight ends have not been available due to getting a little bit banged up. And so uh, that has given him an opportunity to have a, a bunch of reps. And, and if he's deemed eligible, he's ready to go. He's completely ready to go and, and uh, will be a part of what we're doing. Like I said, we're hoping to find out this week. We think that by the end of the week, uh, we should know which – will give us a week lead into the game of uh, where to focus those tight end reps. When you go into a training camp without a definitive st uh, starter, Kyle, what does that eventual winner need to show you in order to win the job? You're talking about quarterback or overall? Yes, excuse me, quarterback. Quarterback needs to show us that he has the poise and the confidence and the, uh, the leadership uh, factor, that, that it factor that you're looking for in your quarterbacks. Got to be a great decision maker. Uh, he's got to play with uh, a ton of uh, decisiveness. Can't be can't be on eggshells and questioning himself. And and uh, he's got to be. It's a it's a certain personality that plays that position uh, and plays it at a high level. And that's that's what you're looking for. And the guy that uh, will do what he's coached to do, but will do, not just do what he's coached to do. You get a guy that only does what he's coached to do and can't improvise and extend plays and. And make things happen, then, then uh, you're probably not going to be very good. So, so he's got to accept coaching and uh, do things uh, within the framework of how Andy wants them done. But there's plenty of times in a game where things break down; they don't happen just as as uh, they're supposed to. And you've got to make a play, and and that ability to make that play is uh, is really crucial to determining who's going to be the guy. Hey, Kyle, it sounds like you, you could have the potential to have some extreme. Uh, depth at tight end could you just talk about that and then contrast that maybe with the wide receivers where you mentioned last week you might be a little thin losing tyrone and then Jalen transferring contrast those two for me if you could sure uh, tight end we've got uh, a well-stocked position group um it starts with uh brant keithy and cole fotheringham are two guys that played the vast majority of the snaps last year uh, we added dalton kincaid in that mix as we've already talked about and he's He's uh, really a, a top-tier Pac-12 tight end, in our opinion. He's, we've got three guys that, that uh, are really playing good football and, and uh, have a high ceiling. Uh, Thomas Yasmin, one of the more pleasant surprises of fall camp. We've got three or four uh, real pleasant surprises in fall camp, and Thomas has been one of those. He's 6'6 six, six and 250 pounds and can run a 4'6", 40. He's, saw him covering kickoffs last year and making a bunch of plays there, but, but he's really progressed. He's a kid that... Never played football before we got here, so it's been a long, 
uh, process for him to get to where he is, but he's still got three years of eligibility, and, and uh, he has made a move. Ali Yamantalolo has found a role on the team. He's got he's doing some things for us in certain packages that that uh, have been of help, and uh, that would be it. And those are the guys. Uh, a couple walk-on tight ends that are working hard. Uh, Solo Rosales uh, mainly, and he's he's a guy that that uh, is really uh, doing a good job for us as well, but in a backup role, a reserve role. And then about the uh, wide receivers, oh, you like receivers? Yeah, you're right. I lost okay. my train there. Okay, wide receivers. Yeah, not not as deep as we were coming into the season. Um, Tyrone Smith being out, and it's a significant injury. He'll be out until. Uh, June, I believe it's going to be a while, so it'll be uh, pressing up right in the next season. And uh, it's not something that happened that's brand new. It's just something that has been aggravating him and aggravating him. Get a little bit worse, a little bit worse. Finally, we said, you know what, got to get it fixed. And so he's going to be out for a while. And then, of course, Jalen decided to to uh, go elsewhere, which leaves us with uh, six guys that really are going to get the vast majority of the reps, maybe all the reps. And that is uh, Solo and Brian Thompson, Solo Enos and Brian Thompson, Craig Covey, uh, Vele uh, is, is also in the mix there and doing a great job. Um, Samson, you know, Samson is a guy that just keeps making play after play after play. And then uh, Money Parks, a freshman wide receiver that we just got this year. And we have four or five walk-ons behind those guys that are all working hard and, and doing something. He's Cam Gardner, Kyrie Rowan. Uh, Cotton, Macaluso, we've got some guys that are that are really working hard, but but uh, we'll see if they become game ready or not. They're not quite ready yet. And Dylan Slavin's another kid that's uh, been with us for a few years that's working hard. But, but those first six are really the, the guys that uh, are the primary targets. Kamel, where has Cam Rising made the biggest leap in his game going from last year as the scout team guy to now being in the mix for the starting job? Great question because he is really – become a much better decision maker and taking care of the ball uh, quarterback. He was a little bit of a loose cannon last year and thinking he could force the ball in uh, when there was really no play there to be made. He has become the type of quarterback now that that uh, he is uh, been outstanding with his decision. He goes right through his progression. He goes through his progression very quickly. He goes from one to two to three in the blink of an eye and gets the ball out quick. And, and that's probably the biggest difference is he's much more decisive in his read progression in his uh, decision-making and taking much better care of the ball. He threw a lot more interceptions last year uh, than he did that he's had. He's been great this year as far as uh, not turning the ball over. And that's one of the uh, top things you're looking for in a quarterback. I mentioned all the attributes, but uh, not turning the ball over is right there near the top, if not the top. And just as a quick follow-up, what does going up against a defense like you guys had last year, him as the scout team guy, how does that help a quarterback progress as a as a decision maker well it'll make him progress or it'll make him quit the game one of the two because our defense last year was phenomenal and uh he's still with us so he obviously didn't quit so he he learned a ton uh, and uh it was good for him to be the scout team quarterback last year he did a great job running that scout team and uh there couldn't be a better training ground for a qb than going against that defense kyle i know you've talked about a lot of the younger guys that have already made strides throughout camp but going from scrimmage one to scrimmage two have those young guys um, emerged even more after that scrimmage yes they have uh, start with ty jordan <clears throat> running back and like i said he's an explosive player he's got he's built 
real, I mean, he's not very tall. He's 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but he's 200 pounds or just a hair under. Uh, 10, 500 meter guy in high school, so he's got blazing speed. And he's got a great uh, feel for for angles and, and instinctiveness with when he runs the football, uh, when to cut, when to try to outrun somebody. Um, and he's got uh, great vision. He can, he can uh, see holes and and also very good out of the backfield, you know, catching the football. And I don't want to say that he's uh, going to be the, you know, the lead back, but he's he's got a bright future. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's see, Jaron Cup is doing a phenomenal job. You see a lot of him, uh, Nate Ritchie, uh, Tennessee Pututau, Tanoa Tongiai, Van Fillinger, X Carlton. Uh, we're just talking true freshman now. I said Nate Ritchie. Uh, corner, uh, Clark Phillips. You know, that's that's a, been obvious from day one that he was going to be a, a factor. So there's going to be a bunch of freshmen that, that get a lot of playing time. Kyle, um, aside from Devin Lloyd, did any of the veterans who you don't have any questions about, did any others not take reps today? Yeah, Brad Keithy sat out. Um, Nika Tafua sat out. Viana Mawale was limited. Mawala. Uh, Nick Ford was limited. Uh, all the receivers went. Uh, Cole Farlingham didn't take reps. Uh, that's it. I think everyone else... Uh, Everyone else had a good dose of uh, playing time. Quick follow-up. Um, I know that you said earlier in camp that Clark Phillips had been getting work both at the nickel and also outside. Is he continuing to get work at both spots at this point? Yeah, but he's more focused on outside now. We, we gave him a good dose of, of nickel earlier in camp, and then we've shifted gears and given him more opportunity to play outside because we want our best three out there, and he's one of the best three. And uh, it gives us some flexibility where to play him. The nickel spot is more demanding, more difficult, both phys physically and mentally, at least in our scheme. It's tougher assignments. And so that's where we started not initially and got him used to that. And uh, the transition from there to outside is much easier than going from outside to inside. And so he's uh, capable of playing either one. And if he's one of the best three in 14 days, he'll, he'll be starting uh, at one of the two spots. Thank you, Kyle. All right. Kyle, you said you started to see some separation uh, in your offensive line. Do you feel like you have a, a solid five? And at that point also, where do you see Nick Fords? Does he go to guard or is he a tackle? We have a solid uh, 10 and beyond. We travel with 10. It's going to be a tough decision of who 10 is because we've got 11 or 12 that we feel really good about right now. And uh, you know, they just it's it, we expected this to happen. We expected that we could see it on paper and through recruiting uh, the last year and a half. And it's starting to come to fruition. I think I mentioned it several times last year. This line in time is going to be really good. And it's starting right now, in my estimation. Uh, second part of the question was about Nick Ford. What was it about? Yeah, are you are you seeing him at tackle or at guard this year based on the personnel? Well, again, kind of like Clark Phillips in the secondary, getting the best five guys out there. We're going to get the best five uh, at the offensive line. And right now, if we go with the lineup that we think we're going to go with, Nick will be at tackle. And so... But he has this, he can play all five, as I mentioned before. And wherever we plug him in, uh, he'll be successful. But uh, we're at our best right now, in our opinion, and got the best combination with him anchoring that uh, left tackle spot. And there you go. That was head coach Kyle Whittingham talking to the media. While you guys take that in, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, take a break. When we come back, I'll give you guys my depth chart predictions for Utah. And again, it's just straight off of me of what I think. Um, 
based off of the conversations that we've had with the coaches, the players, and Kyle Whittingham throughout fall camp. You're listening to the Crimson Corner Podcast. Welcome back into the Crimson Corner Podcast. Trevor Allen here with you. Always great to have you guys aboard. Make sure you guys download the KSL Sports app. You guys can uh, check out the Crimson Corner Podcast from there. Also, all of the latest U content as I'm knee-deep in University of Utah fall camp uh, coverage. So make sure you guys check out kslsports.com by downloading the KSL Sports app. Let's get into predictions. Uh, you guys will also be able to find this this piece uh, in its entirety over at kslsports.com. I'm just going through. I've been at every media availability except for one during fall camp. I missed one, but I caught up on it with catching the audio and the and the video from it. You know, I, I feel like I've got a pretty good feel of, of how this team's going, considering, and that's a big if, what Kyle Whittingham is telling us, and that's all that we're able to really take in. Other than that, Utah has been really close to the vest on everything, and so some of this is just guessing. Some of it is based off of what Kyle Whittingham said during camp and trying, put, trying to put the pieces together. And so here's the, the uh, puzzle that I have, I have completed um, on my end, just my own thoughts, and you know, we'll, we'll see probably in about a week of how this plays out. So starting at quarterback... I have Jake Bentley. I have Cam Rising as the backup, and then the number three is Drew Lisk. Through the first three weeks of camp, the quarterback battle's been neck and neck. Kyle Whittingham hasn't told us who's had the upper hand, who's been playing well. He'd even tell us who who the two guys were left that, that they narrowed it down to after the first week of camp. And so, again, we're all guessing here that it, it's down to Bentley and Rising right now. But Bentley, I think you've got to go with a guy who has a lot of experience playing football at a high level. And Bentley has done that when he is with South Carolina in the SEC. Kissing has also played some good football. It's just we haven't been able to see it. He was on the uh, scout team last year with, with Britton Covey going up against that really stout Utah defense last year in practices. So I think that that has helped him a lot. And it's also helped him being in the booth with um, Andy Ludwig uh, for home games, as he has been able to get a glimpse of this offense, but of what I'll of what I'll say, and I'm not trying to sway you a certain way, because again, I think Utah is in a great position. No matter what, whoever starts, Utah is going to be in in great shape. If you listen to Andy Ludwig's interview, and I I actually played it on the last podcast, um, or maybe the one before that, it was day of the first day of fall camp. We asked Andy Ludwig. Does Cam Rising have an edge or have an advantage over Jake Bentley because he was in the booth? And Andy said, that is an advantage, but Jake's been here a long time now. and He's already got a hold of the offense now. It's just going out and actually executing it in practices because Bentley's been here since spring. So I think that that's one thing. But you're also, I, I have a hard time seeing Utah bringing in a graduate transfer from the SEC and not start him at quarterback. 
And I mean, Cam Rising would have to be something special for you to be able to do that. And he very well could be. Again, we haven't seen any practices. We don't have any film on these guys. The only film we have is on Bentley when he played at South Carolina. He had a pretty good career there. I mean, yeah, numbers don't really flash, but for the most part, he's a really solid quarterback. And I've also heard great things about Cam Rising. So I think no matter what, Utah is set for the next couple of years. And then even with some guys that are coming up through through the ranks with uh, Peter Costelli, who is a 2020 commit, highly touted recruit out of Mission Viejo, California. He's a guy that, that Utah is going to look to in the next couple of years as well. It'll basically be his time when Cam Rising leaves. So that's where I'm at on the quarterback position. And then running back. This one was the absolute hardest one to get a, a grasp on because Kyle Whittingham has said that there's been four guys that it's gone down to, and that's what led to T.J. Green leaving. And that is Devin Brumfield, Jordan Wilmore, Ty Jordan, and, and also Makai Bernard. Now I have it right now as a running back by committee. Devin Brumfield, Jordan Wilmore, and Ty Jordan with Bernard being the backup. And I say this because Whittingham hasn't really said too much about Brumfield and Wilmore, other than that they're having great camps. Something that Whittingham has said is a lot of great things about Ty Jordan. Says he will definitely play a factor this year. He's not quite ready to name him the, the lead back, but he's up there, which really says something. So that's where I'm at right now. That one's still a toss-up, but I think for the first time in a long time, we're going to see a by-committee approach for Utah at the running back position, which is strange. And then at the wide receivers, the uh, three starting receivers, I have Brian Thompson, Solomon Enos, and Britton Covey. Those are those are gimmies. And then you have at backup for each one, Devon Vele, Samson Nakua, and Money Parks. Now Utah w- was going to have about eight guys at the wide receiver position who they were able to go to and, and split the reps with. But with Jalen Dixon leaving and Tyrone Young-Smith suffering a season-ending injury, Utah's down to six guys. And that's how Money Parks slid into that uh, mix right there. And so Whittingham said that those are the guys that are going to get most of the reps, if not all the reps, during camp and during the season. And then at tight end, you have Brant Keithy and Cole Fotheringham. Because I think Utah's going to do a, a, a two tight end set a lot. And you can also play Brandt in that jet sweep. You can play him as the fullback in the I formation. You can also play him in multiple different ways. While you have Cole Fotheringham playing that, that tight end when Keithy's playing other positions. And then I have at backup Dalton Kincaid. He's the guy from San Diego who transferred to Utah. He's a big time uh, get for Utah because... He's got some NFL talent. Kyle Whittingham absolutely loves his game, has talked so highly of him. The problem is we're not sure if he's going to be eligible by the NCAA. And Kyle Whittingham said that they will probably know by the end of of this week on whether Dalton Kincaid will be able to be eligible or not. But even if he isn't eligible... Utah is in great shape at tight end, and then you end up saving a year, basically. I mean, no matter what you do, but... Dalton will be here for a couple of years and will even be here even after Brant and Cole Fotheringham graduate. So I think Utah is set also getting Isaac Vaha, the Pleasant Grove tight end, who verbally committed uh, last week. 
I think the future is extremely bright at tight end for this Utah football team. Now let's head over to the offensive line. Kyle Whittingham said that there were 10 guys that, that they had solidified, and so they are, they are too deep on the offensive line. It's now trying to find the five best guys and putting them at the right positions. So here's what I came up with. It's kind of, of what came out with the uh, pre-camp depth chart, but I'm kind of just going off of that because nobody has really slipped in from there. Starting at left tackle is Nick Ford, but he's a guy who can slide in at guard. He can play center. He can play wherever you want him. He is the most versatile offensive lineman in the entire Pac-12. And then at left guard, I have Braden Daniels, Orlando Umana at center, Johnny Maia at right guard, and Simi Mawala at right tackle. Backing up Mawala would be Bamadel Olaseni. Uh, backing up Johnny Maia would be Satoa Lamea. Uh, Paul Miley backing up Orlando Amana, Keaton Bills backing up Braden Daniels, and Luke Felix Fulalo at left tackle. But keep in mind, one guy I think is in there to take someone's spot. It's just a matter of where, and that's Jaron Kump, who is a freshman coming off of his mission. But either way, that old line is going to be really good, and that's going to be a great luxury for Utah's offense. All right, now heading over to defense. At left end, Mika Tafua. With his backup, Xavier Carlton at left tackle. Hawati Pututau with Tanoa Togiai as his backup. At right tackle, Vianne Mawala with his backup, Pete Tatonga. And then at right end, Max Tupai with Van Fillinger as his backup. Now, Mika Tafua, Hawati Pututau, and Vianne Mawala are all shoo-ins on, on the defensive line. Kyle Whittingham said that Vianne Mawala is probably the best tackle in the entire Pac-12. And he has the same size as far as being 6'6", you know, really big guy and speed as Lecky Fotu, which is awesome. So I think that those guys are shoe-ins, but I don't think that Matt, Max Tupai's uh, spot is, is, you know, really solidified. Because Kyle Whittingham's talked about him, but he hasn't talked as highly about him as he has about Van Fillinger and, and Xavier Carlton. But those guys are the future of Utah football on this defensive line. And then another guy to see over the tackle positions alongside Tanoa Togiai and Pete Tonga is Tennessee Pututau, who is also coming off of his mission as a freshman. And then at Rover linebacker, I have Nephi Sewell with Andrew Mataafa as his backup. And then at Mac linebacker, Devin Lloyd with Sione Fotu as his backup. Now, this is one of the concerns for Utah heading into fall camp was finding the rover linebacker. And I think that Sewell will, will fit that mold. Now, the thing is, they're not as, as deep. Jeremy Mercer is, is in that mix as well, but you're having to rely on a, a true freshman in Sione Fotu out of Bingham, but I know that they've been very high on him as well. But as of right now, that that's where I stand. And then here's here's kind of a shakeup because on the pre-camp depth chart at – Left corner is Bronson Boyd with Drew Rawls as his backup. And then you have Travis Broughton starting at right corner with Fabian Marks as his backup. And then at nickelback, you have Malone Mataele as a starter with Clark Phillips or Aaron Lowe backing him up. Now, after talking to Kyle Whittingham on Saturday, he said that Clark Phillips has been getting more reps and basically all of his reps have now gone on to the outside. He hasn't been getting reps at nickel 
even though Utah started out camp by giving Clark Phillips reps at nickel to get him comfortable with that position and to make him more versatile and valuable to that to that secondary, as you should. But I think right now, so what I have now, starting at left corner, based off of what Kyle Whittingham said about Clark Phillips, I have Clark Phillips the third starting at left cornerback with Bronson Boyd as his backup. And then at right corner, you have Broughton, and then Marks as his backup. And then at nickelback, you have Malone Mataele with Aaron Lowe as his backup. But Broughton is Utah's number one cornerback. But I think that Clark Phillips is picking things up very quickly. And it helped him, too, to be here during spring, even though they didn't have much of spring ball. But just being around the team and being around the coaches has really helped him. But in that scrimmage, in that second uh, scrimmage on Saturday, you guys can see on Twitter, Utah posted a video of some highlights from that scrimmage. Clark Phillips had a really nice pick in the end zone uh, guarding Dylan Slavens, which is great. You know, you gotta you got to see some of these younger guys making plays. And then you go over to safety. Starting at, at free safety is R.J. Hubert, for me, at least prediction-wise, with Kamoy Latu as his backup, and then a strong safety of Vontae Davis as a starter with Nate Ritchie as his backup. Now, R.J. Huber is a, is a shoe-in to start at safety. He, he showed signs of brilliance last year, filling in for Julian Blackman, and was going to you know fill in for Julian Blackman in the Pac-12 championship game when he got hurt, but then R.J. Huber got hurt as well. But he's back, healthy, 100% ready to go. Now, Nate Ritchie has been a bright spot on defense during camp. Kyle Whittingham has spoke so highly of him to the point where he's comparing him to Chase Hansen. Just think about that for a minute. I think that, and Kyle Whittingham has even said this, that Nate, Nate Ritchie is in the mix to get one of, the, one of the starting safety spots, and it's not going to be R.J. Hubert's spot. It's going to be Vontae Davis. So I think that Davis is going to start to uh, start out the season. I would expect that by the end of the year, Nate Ritchie will be starting. And then starting at place kicker on special teams, I am going with Jordan Noyes with Jaden Redding as the backup. Now, Jordan, Kyle Whittingham said that he's got a very strong leg, comparing him to Matt Gay, which I know that Kyle Whittingham, there was some, some kind of you know mix-up on Twitter because Kyle Whittingham told us that that was Matt Gay's brother-in-law when really Jordan Noyes' cousin married Matt Gay, if that makes sense. So I'm going with Noyes as not only the place kicker, but also handling kickoffs with Red and uh, backing him up on both positions. And then Ben Lennon, Kyle Whittingham already said that Ben has already won the uh, punter job. I didn't think it, w- it should have been up for grabs anyway. Again, I'm not the coach, but maybe that's kind of light a fire under Ben Lennon. But uh, Jared March will be his backup. And then at holder, Ben Lennon with Britton Covey as his backup. And then at snapper, Keegan Markgraf. Um, as the starter with Noah Rodriguez Trammell as his backup. And then as far as the kickoff returner, uh, Britton Covey is the starter, Brian Thompson is the backup. And then here's where it gets a little tricky. And let's hope we never have to get to this point. Britton Covey is the starting punt returner, but the backup is up to four guys because it used to belong to Jalen Dixon. Now that he's gone, Ty Jordan, Samson Nakua, Money Parks, and Clark Phillips have all been getting reps at backup. So it sounds like Whittingham wants to get a lot of guys some reps there just because he said you can never have too many punt returners. And so there's the reason for that. So that's the predictions.
All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll have another episode dropping on Wednesday with some more camp sound that you guys will be able to check out. And make sure you guys check out all the stories. I have one up every single day from camp over at kslsports.com. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Trevor A. Sports or on Instagram at Trevor Allen KSL. And then you can follow us at KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, thank you guys so much for tuning in. You've been listening to the Crimson Corner Podcast, and it's always powered by kslsports.com. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.